You're ready for the word today. If you are, shout a great big glory, glory. Oh, come on now. That was just a handful of you. If you're ready for the word, shout amen. All right, let's do it. Hop up on your feet. Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. We stand around here in, we stand a lot, but we stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. So today, oh man, the Lord's given me some stuff for you today. I believe that he's wanting to touch somebody's life today. I know there's a lot of festivities planned on days like today with families and lunches and gatherings, and, and so I'm going to try not to be too, too long today. Now, I'll tell you, we kind of pride ourselves in a, in a good way that we're not a 12 o'clock church. Now, what I mean by that is we're going to let the Holy Ghost have his way. So uh, we want him to move and minister, and so we want to invite you to stay with us for the duration. Whatever he decides to do, stay with us today. Amen. We'd love to to have you a part of it. All right, Ephesians 2, verse 8. If you're there, shout amen. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath broken, who, who hath, I'm sorry, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his, in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh, for through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. I'm not going to preach on each one of these verses, using this as a backdrop for where the Lord's taken us today, but I want you to look at verse 13, for it's there the Apostle Paul says this, But now in Christ Jesus... Ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. How many of you are thankful for the blood that brings us close? For just a little bit today, I want to come to you on this thought, the greatest comeback. The greatest comeback. Amen. Help me pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for this moment that we've gathered in. Thank you for every person that's here. And Lord, we just ask you to take full control here and now. Let your presence fill this room even greater than what we've experienced. I yield myself unto you, Lord, as a vessel in your hand. I know I'm nothing without the anointing. I need the unction of the Holy Spirit to come. Lord, I pray that you will guide, govern, and direct my thoughts and my words. God, let me speak, Lord, as the pen of a ready writer today. God, let my tongue be used by you to declare, Lord, revelation of the Holy Spirit. Lord, let hearts and lives be stirred by what you do here and now. I ask you to let your glory cloud fill this place. Lord, let your Holy Spirit begin to work and move in the way only you can. And Lord, we will give you praise and glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Before you're seated, high five three or four folks. And tell them it's time to come back. It's time to come back. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Verse 13 of the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul pins the words that we've just read. But in, thank you, Brother Chad. In Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Far off because of sin, because of iniquity, because of wickedness, because of things 
in our lives that separate us from the Lord. He's saying you're made nigh by the blood. You see, we were all once far away, but it's the blood of Christ that has brought us close. If you're thankful for the blood, shout a great big amen one more time. Amen. You see, there is still a wonder-working power in the precious blood of Jesus Christ in the finished work that he did on the cross. There's power to save us from our sins, power to forgive us of our sins, power to heal us of our disease, power to deliver us from our bondage, power to change us into his likeness, power to set us free from addictions and shackles and chains of sin, power to bring us back into a right relationship with God, no matter how far we've drifted. Today, you see, today could very well be the greatest comeback of your life. Today, on April the 17th, 2022, could be a day that goes down in history in your life of your greatest come back. Now I understand today that when we begin to think of the greatest of comebacks for many of us, our minds immediately drift to things that we enjoy such as sporting events and things along that line and so I wanted to share just a few with you today just as we're getting started in this message on greatest comebacks. The first one I wanted to mention to you from years gone by and I can remember when I was in school, he was, man, he was the star, a star by the name of Michael Jordan. How many of you remember, oh, oh, Michael Jordan? You know, all the folks, the friends had the Jordan shoes, you know, and, and, and man, we sported around, played basketball. Everybody wanted to be like Michael Jordan. I want you to, to look at this video here that shows him, this was after he came back. He took a break and came back, so you'll notice He's in number 45, but this was in 1995. Michael Jordan had returned to the Bulls. Pull the sound up for just a second. Down 98 to 97 against the Atlanta Hawks. Makes the jumper, puts it to 99 to 98, a, a buzzer beater. And it goes down as an incredible comeback. Everybody wanted to be like Jordan. This is just one of many that he brought him to the buzzer beater and, and brought an incredible comeback. I want to show you another one real quick. This one actually was a little bit more recent. This was 2017. This was Super Bowl 51. This was in Houston, Texas at the NRG Stadium. The New England Patriots were facing the Atlanta Falcons. The score was tied 28 to 28, and, and, and they went into overtime, and, and in overtime, the Patriots received the kickoff. What you need to understand, though, before we watch this is that all the way through the half, it was uh, up until halftime, it was 21 to 3. Halfway through the third quarter, New England uh, ended up uh, l actually giving up six, seven more points, and it became 28 to 3, which is how this game goes down by, to be referred to by many as the 28 to 3 game. It is notably the, the most famous and the greatest comeback of Super Bowl history. I want you to watch this little clip real quick. Second and goal to go from the two. Toss sweep right for James White. Cuts it up to the right arm. Cuts it upfield. Driving forward. Diving to the goal line. Touchdown. And a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Led by the greatest quarterback. Look at The greatest comeback of Super Bowl history. Now, I'm fixing to show you one more, and I, I kind of had a, a hesitation in showing this. 
uh, because some folks that are going to be affected by this, I consider to be my very, very close friends. And I I love you very dearly. As a matter of fact, I consider you as family. But I, I cannot help but show this because even if you were on the losing side of this, if you'll just be reasonable with me for just one one moment on this, you'd have to be able to admit that this was, without a doubt, an incredible play and one of the greatest comebacks. This was 2013. Don't get mad at me now. This is two th- Don't get mad at me now. This is 2013, the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn. Can we roll this footage? It's tied 28 to 28. 57-yard field goal attempt. I'd never seen this before in my life. All right, you probably ought to cut that off. You probably ought to cut that off. I, we're going to give an altar call real quick, okay? Because For those of you that are Bama fans, I give you permission right now to boo if you would like to boo. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> However, we can chalk that up as one of the greatest comebacks. I played football, and, and I, I didn't even know you could do that. I guess maybe our coaches didn't tell me. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, was never, <laughs> I was never out there on the field on these kind of moments, so I guess I didn't need to know. But I'd never seen that before, but I thought it was incredible. Man, yes, it was one of the greatest comebacks, and still to this day, it's considered that. You see, that's, that's all fun stuff there that we love to talk about, things we love to watch, things we, we love to pick on other folks about and, and just have a great time. But I want us to shift our focus, if we can, to some powerful moments that we can find in the Word of God that were the greatest of comebacks for folks. The first place that I'd like for us to look today is in the book of Genesis chapter 25. And this is an individual by the name of Jacob. You see, Jacob, he was born the twin brother of Esau to Isaac and Rebekah. Jacob, whose very name means cheater and deceiver, was living up to his name. One day his brother came in from working and was, the Bible talks about him being so faint. He, he, he was feeling like he was going to die and, and uh, he was asking Jacob for something to eat and Jacob swindled him out of his birthright. He deceived him into giving him his birthright. And then when we go a couple chapters later, we find that now his mom's involved because daddy Isaac was going to give the firstborn blessing. And Rebecca, who loved Jacob, wanted Jacob to receive it. And so she takes Jacob and dresses him in Esau's clothes, puts lamb's uh, wool on his arms because Esau was a hairy man and sent him, sent him in to his half-blind elderly dad And Isaac ends up giving this blessing to to Jacob rather than Esau. Jacob ends up having to be sent away in, in fear for his life. His mama sends him to his uncle Laban for the, with the excuse of you can't marry a woman from this neighborhood. You got to go find you one somewhere from the family. And so he goes and for 14 years he had his share of struggles. For 14 years he worked to marry the one he loved named Rachel. He kind of got shafted a little bit because after seven years when he was supposed to marry Rachel, they did a switcheroo on him and, he, and, and Laban uh, stuck Leah, the older sister, in there and so he had to work another seven years to be able to marry Rachel. But the day came that the Lord said, you're through running, Jacob. You're through being in this land. I'm bringing you back to the land of your father's. Jacob on his way back that we find that a number of events happen, but the one that is, that is really the most important for us to look at is in Genesis chapter 32 where Jacob actually comes to a place, a stream called Jabok. The Bible calls it Ford Jabok, and it was there that he received word, Esau's coming to kill you, Jacob. 
He's coming with a, a large band of men. Jacob sends all his family ahead and Jacob stays behind and the Bible says that he wrestled with the Lord until the breaking of day and he told the Lord, I'm not going to let you go except you bless me. And it was there that the Lord blessed him and his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. He experienced his greatest comeback in the moment where he went from being deceiver and cheater to prince with God and chosen of God after he had this encounter with the Lord. The lesson to learn from this is no matter what you've done in your past, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how far you've drifted, I want you to know that we have a God that is able to turn it all around in your life, changing you from the inside out and bringing you to your greatest comeback of all times. If you believe it, would you give him a hand clap of praise? Amen. As we move a little further, the next one I'd like for us to look at is Joshua. Joshua and the children of Israel in a place called Jericho. You see, up to this point, the children of Israel had been brought out of Egypt they had crossed the Red Sea on dry land and had wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. And it was there in the wilderness that as they were, that they were looking for God's promise unto them, the only thing standing between them and the promised land was this place called Jericho. You see, Jericho, the Bible says in chapter 6 of Joshua verse 1, that it was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. And none came in. You know what it was? It was a shutout. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It was a shutout. It was, they were literally pushed to the outside. In the natural, it looked like the children of Israel would never be able to obtain God's promise. In the natural, it looked like they, would, they could never bring defeat to this fortified city called Jericho, whose walls were so tall and they were so wide that chariots could race on top. Surely, it would be impossible in the natural to penetrate into this fortified city named Jericho. But God told Joshua what to do. Didn't make sense in the natural, but he said, for six days, Joshua, you take the ark of the Lord. You send the warriors out in front, but you take that ark and the trumpets and the people, and y'all come past the city one time for six days. You know the story. And on the seventh day, Joshua, y'all march around it seven times. And after the seventh time, have them blow the trumpet and tell the people to shout, for I have given you the city and when we look at this chapter in Joshua 6 it's exactly what they did after the seventh day the seventh time the priest blew the trumpet the people shouted the wall fell down flat and they took the city now I know some may say pastor you know what's that have to do with the comeback you see the children of Israel remember that they had been in Egypt's bondage they had been they had, they had been out of God's promised land and for all these years God was trying to get them back where he wanted them to be and it was now in this moment because of their obedience that the Bible says the trumpet blew the people shouted and the walls fell down flat and they took the city it was the greatest comeback of the moment pastor what's that have to do with me the lesson to be learned today is this that the devil may have you feeling like you're shut out of God's plan for you. Like you'll never be who God's called you to be or do what God's called you to do. And maybe there's walls that's been erected in your life of doubt and fear or bondage. I just want you to know today that there is a high priest and his name is Jesus. And long ago on a hill called Calvary, he let out a voice that said, it is finished. And with his shout, those walls have fallen down flat and now you can go in uh, into the place God has called you to be. Oh, help me Holy Ghost. Whoo. 
Feels like it's never going to happen, preacher. I've been walking around this wall. My feet are hurting. I'm ready for some answers. I'm ready for some breakthroughs. I'm ready for some walls to fall. What do I do? Can I tell you what to do? Keep walking. <laughs> Woo! I said just keep walking. Keep walking and keep believing. Don't you give up now. It's the seventh day and it's the sixth time. Oh, don't you stop. Why don't you make up your mind right Right now, I may not see what God told me. I may not see it. I might not be able to hold it in my hands. But what he's began in me, he is able to complete it. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep believing. Because any minute now, these walls are going to fall in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Give him a good hand clap of praise if you receive that today. God's about to bring some walls down in your life. There's an individual that was a part of that story that I wanted to mention today as well. And her name is Rahab. See, Rahab, the Bible refers to her in Joshua 6 as the harlot. Rahab was the one that the spies went in to spy out Jericho, to see the strength of Jericho. And she hid the spies, the messengers, and, and the, the, they were spying out the land. She hid them and did not allow the enemy to know that they were even there. Because of that, the promise came unto her that she and her family would be spared. And that's exactly what happened. Rahab the harlot and all of her family were spared from destruction. You see, verse 25 of Joshua 6, she's called a harlot. But in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, she is listed in the ancestry of Jesus Christ. Now, in the King James Version, the name is, is spelled different. But when you begin to dig into it, this is who was referenced. She actually was of the ancestry of Jesus on Joseph's side. But her name was important enough, important enough to be mentioned. And this time, nobody called her a harlot. This time, prostitute wasn't attached to her name. You see, the lesson today for us to understand is that there's nothing too dirty. Whoo! Hallelujah. There's nothing too dirty that he can't make worthy. Woo! And she might have been called a harlot in Joshua 6, but when she hit those spies, she stepped onto the Lord's side right in the middle of it all. And as a result, she went from Rahab the harlot to Rahab the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you today, it was a comeback in her life and in that same way today no matter who you are no matter what you've done you're not too dirty that he can't make you worthy by the blood pastor you don't know what all I've done you don't know you don't know half the thing you don't know anything I don't have to know the Lord knows others we find in this same category in Mark chapter 16, there's one, Mary Magdalene. You know what's interesting about her is that the Lord had cast devils out of her when he first met her. But do you know who chapter 16 verse 9 says is the first one that saw him after he'd risen? Mary Magdalene. Now Mark still put that label, whom the Lord cast the devils out of. But I have to believe that Mary didn't shy away from that. She made that her testimony. I was once bound. Now I'm free. Woo. I know that was many, many moons before Amazing Grace, but it had to have been the anthem of a Mary Magdalene. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, I was once dirty. I was once bound, but Jesus, when I met Jesus, oh, he brought me back to life. He changed me like the adulterous one 
woman of John chapter 8 when everybody else says we need to stone her. We called her in the very act of adultery. Jesus reached down and rode in the dirt and looked back and said, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. They started dropping stones and going back to their own little houses. I don't know what he rode in the dirt. There's a lot of opinions. I have to believe he began to write the sins of those that were standing in front because he knew. How many of you know he's the son of God? He's all-knowing. Hallelujah. But whatever he wrote down when he made that statement, if you're without sin, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. That little lady laying in the dirt in front of Jesus began to reach out to him. And he said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, I don't see anybody, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Understand today that everybody else might look at you and say, you ain't got any business preaching. You ain't got any business singing. You ain't got any business working. In Remember all you've done. You ain't got any business being an usher. You ain't got any business leading a ministry. Look at all you've done in all the places you sound just like the devil, don't it? Everybody else may point that out, but I want to tell you what the word says, that when he forgives us, he casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. I don't care how dirty you are today. The blood of Jesus is enough to cleanse your soul. What a comeback. From harlotry to motherhood, grandmotherhood, from possessed with devils to being the first to see the risen Savior. Now, some would say, well, now why was that? Well, if you read scripture, the disciples were still hiding out. Mary Magdalene was bold enough to say, I'm going to where, yeah, I remember what he said, but I'm going to where he's at. I want to backtrack just a hair. I know we've been in the New Testament a little bit, but I want to talk about another one by the name of Mephibosheth. In 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible tells us that he was the son of Jonathan. And word came, because Jonathan and Saul had both been killed or died, and word came unto Mephibosheth's nurse that there was an attack coming to the home. She scooped him up and began to run with him. And brother, while she was running, she fell. And she fell on Mephibosheth and ended up wounding his legs. And the Bible says he was lame from his feet. Here was Mephibosheth, rightful heir to the throne, stripped of royalty, crippled and broken. But there came a day that we find in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 5, Mephibosheth no longer in the palace. Mephibosheth no longer eating the king's food. Mephibosheth lame, broken. Can you imagine the hurt that must have been on the inside of him? But there came a day in verse 5 of chapter 9 of 2 Samuel that the Bible says King David sent and fetched him out of the place that he was at. Verse 11, the king makes this declaration. As for Mephibosheth, saith the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. What a comeback. Lesson to be learned from Mephibosheth is this. No matter what's been stolen from you, no matter what's been stripped up from you, no matter how broken or dysfunctional that you may feel or that you truly are, I want you to know that there is a king that is sending for you today. There is a king that is fetching you today. There is a king that is calling you today. And it's time for you to come back to the king's house. God can and God will restore you. You've been out of it long enough. He's calling you back. Another one we find in Mark chapter 5, which was the demoniac of the Gadarenes. You see, this man was bound, the Bible says, by a legion of demons, thousands of demons. When Jesus cast the demons out of him, 
The demons were begging for mercy. And, and the Lord sent them into the swine, the pigs that were in the local field. And the Bible says over, it was 2,000 swine that went over the edge of the cliff and died. So legion being many, legion meaning thousands. We can understand today that this man was so bound. He was so bound, the Bible says, that he dwelt amongst the tombs. He would cut himself. He would cry out in the night. He would do so many things because of the bondage that he was in. But you see, this man of the Gadarenes, we find in Mark chapter 5, that after Jesus cast the devils out in verse 15, it says that when those in the community, because the uh, Gadarenes, they didn't want him to, they didn't want Jesus to stay because it affected their economy. And they would rather have their pig farmers than to have people that have been delivered. And the love of money is the root of what? All evil. But we find when they came that they found this demoniac sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Do you know what had happened? This man had experienced the greatest comeback that he had ever experienced in his life. And he was completely, totally delivered and set free by the hand of Jesus. He actually wanted to go with Jesus on the road. But Jesus said, nope, you stay here and you go tell everybody the great things that God has done. What a comeback. The lesson to be learned from this man is this, that you're not so bound that Jesus Christ cannot set you free. Can I I say that again because somebody needs to hear that today. You are not so bound that Jesus Christ cannot set you free. Hallelujah. I'm trying to behave myself. I'm going to tell you, I thank the Lord for programs. Thank the Lord for programs that are attempting to help folks. I'm going to tell you something. There's only one that can make somebody free, and that's Jesus. I said, that's Jesus. Did you hear me? There's only one that can make somebody free, and that is Jesus. Can I tell you today, that man that was the demoniac of the Gadarenes, everybody looked at him. Everybody saw him. Everybody saw him in his bondage. Everybody was scared of him because he was in such bondage. But one moment in the presence of Jesus, one moment in the presence of Jesus, a man that was bound in the worst way, was completely and totally freed. Hear me today. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be what? Free indeed. I don't care what it is today. If you're bound by alcohol, he'll make you free. If you're bound by drugs, he'll make you free. If you're bound by pornography, he'll make you free. If you're bound by all kinds of lust of the flesh, he will make you free. There is one today and he is the only one and his name is Jesus and he sees you where you're at and he's calling your name right now. It's time for your greatest comeback. I just want to know if you're in this place today and you've been set free from something. Would you stand to your feet? If you've been delivered from something, would you stand up and you're not afraid to stand and say, I have been made free. Woo! I have. Would you look around you? There's some free folks up in here. I said there's some free folks up in here. There's some people that have been delivered and set free. I dare you to give the Lord a hand clap of praise that he's worthy of. Somebody shout, I'm free. Shout it like you mean it, I'm free. Come on, somebody shout, I'm free. Shout it from the bleachers, I'm free. Glory to God. Woo. Free. Freedom. about to break out in a dance there. All you regular folks are saying, don't.
do it, Pastor. <laughs> do it. <laughs> the next one that we find, his name's Lazarus. See, word came to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. Pardon me a second. Lazarus was sick, and Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus. Jesus had been with him, him and his sisters, Mary and Martha, eating in their house. And so when the word came, Lazarus is sick, Mary and Martha thought the Lord would just drop everything he was doing and make a beeline to their house. That's how we always think, isn't it? We don't understand when we're not getting the answer, right? But the Lord always has a purpose and a plan, and we find that it was the Lord tarried and, and it was four days. Matter of fact, the disciples were asking the Lord, you know, hey, what, what are we, what, what's going on? Why aren't we going? And, and Jesus just told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And so he goes and when he gets there, he's met by Martha. And Martha says, Lord, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, show me where you've laid him. And Martha stopped and said, wait a minute, he's been dead four days, and by now, he's pretty stinky. I mean, that's not King James Version. King James was stinketh. He stinketh, but stinky. He stinks, Lord. In other words, she's saying, we're a little too embarrassed to let you go too deep into this. We're a little too embarrassed for us to roll this stone back for you to really see and everybody else to really see, know, and understand the death that is there because he, he stinks, Lord. Jesus steps into where they laid him and he looks and says, roll the stone away. And in that moment, Lazarus had been dead four days. But Jesus lifted up his voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. You know he had to be specific. We've talked about that before. Everybody would have got up from the grave. And Lazarus, the Bible says, he that was bound with grave clothes came forth. I can just see him just shuffling them feet. Came forth. I don't know what the grave clothes looked like, but I imagine he was wrapped from head to toe. And he gets up there, had to stop somewhere where there was a little bit of light peeking in. That's all he knew to do was to go towards the light. And he got there in the opening of that tomb and light was shining. And then the Lord looks and says, loose him and let him go. And loose Lazarus. And there was some kind of reunion. I know. Whew, what a comeback. See, Lazarus then became a preacher, later to become a bishop. But we find in Scripture a place where Lazarus was sitting at the table with Jesus and many folks had came just to hear Lazarus talk or they wanted to hear Jesus, but they wanted to hear Lazarus tell about his four days in death. And it was, we can find when we read that scripture and we can find when we look at it all in the big picture that Lazarus had to have said, oh, oh let me tell you something. You're right, I got sick and I died. I, I, I'd never experienced anything like it before. I thought it was over. I thought this is it, you know. I believed in Jesus and, and there I was in paradise. And man, I, I, was, I was thinking that's it, you know. Everything's over. But all of a sudden, there I was. And I heard somebody call my name. I heard, woo, I heard somebody call out Lazarus. And I knew when I heard it that that was the Lord's voice because it was a voice with power and authority. And I stood up and tuned my ears in. And the next thing that I heard him say was, Come forth. And all I know to tell you is that I had to dance my way all the way back in the my body. It was the greatest comeback I had ever experienced. And then he said, loose him and let him go. I became alive and I'm here today to tell you the story. Pastor, 
What's that mean for us? I'll tell you what it means. You're not so dead in sin that Jesus can't bring you back to life. Are you hearing me? That Jesus can't resurrect you. Woo! That, maybe it's a calling in your, in your life that has been dead and laid in a tomb wrapped in grave clothes. You used to be doing something for, for the Lord. Maybe it's memories of how God used to move in your life and it's been wrapped in grave clothes. I want to tell you something today that Jesus is in this place, Brother Chris, and he's calling out your name and he's telling you to come forth. He's brought you to a place of freedom. He's brought you to a place of life. You've not listened. If you're here today and you feel hopeless, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if you've been dead four days and you're stinking. Nothing is hopeless with Jesus and he's calling your name today. One of the last ones I'll share. It's one that we call the prodigal son. If I can get some musicians to come join me. Luke chapter 15. The Bible tells us about this young son. This young son that decided he wanted to get his inheritance. So he got what was coming to him, and he left and went partying. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you party animal. <laughs> tell the truth now. He went partying, and the Bible says that he wasted his substance with riotous living. One day, he came to his senses. One day, he started thinking about home. One day, he started thinking about daddy. He started thinking about the love of daddy and the love of home and the goodness of home. Listen to me now. He came to his senses and said, you know, here I am. He found himself in the middle of a pig pen, eating the husks that were fed to the pigs. But he came to himself and said, here I am. This is paraphrase. I'm starving to death, and even the servants and daddies have enough to eat. He said, I'll get up and I'll go to my father's house. You know, and if he won't welcome me back in as a son, I'll, I'll be a servant. So he gets up and he starts making his way back home, step after step. Dirty, stunk. Step after step. Maybe he passed folks on the road and they'd say, where are you going? I'm headed back to my father's house. And he'd step, step, step. See, he approached where the boundary line was and have to believe in my heart that he thought I don't know. I don't know if daddy's going to even welcome me back in. You know, what, if, what if he casts me out? What if he runs me off? What if he says you're not welcome here? You, you ran and did your own thing. You went and wasted everything I gave you. You went and partied it all away. What if he says that to me? What if... What if I've walked all this way and I'm here and, 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 and I, 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 I start walking towards him and, and he sends servants out to stop me and they beat me in my tracks and pick me up and dump me in some ditch somewhere for dead. What if that happens? He kept walking step, step, step. He entered into that boundary. 
that two trail road had led up to daddy's house and he looked down that road nothing he kept walking step 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 all of a sudden back at daddy's servants run and find daddy and said hey we see somebody coming down the road can't tell for certain but looks like your son my son I thought my son was working out in the field no 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 not that son the one that left the one that thought he wanted to do his own thing to go his own way the one that was too stubborn to listen to you the one that said give me my money I'm going to have a good time that son I think that's him walking down the road daddy must have said I think you're right I think you're right I see him that's him now I have to believe that daddy started moving in that direction come here son you be the son that son that was making those short steps had to have looked. And all of a sudden, he saw Daddy moving towards him. Daddy was a little older and feeble. But all of a sudden, he could see that Daddy is coming a little faster than what I thought he would be. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But all I know is that's Daddy. He didn't send anybody else. He's coming himself. And he looked, and where it was small steps, he saw Daddy walking. And Daddy picked up the paint back on up. Daddy began to pick up the pace until he ran towards him. And all of a sudden, I will redo this in a second. He embraced him and said, my boy, my boy, you're home, you're home. I'll back up over there. See, in my mind's eye, I can see it like this. See, this is where a lot of you are at. Sorry, Pastor Donnie. A lot of you are this prodigal son. You're the prodigal daughter. You're away from God. You've been doing your own thing. You've been the party animal. But if you'll get up and start taking a step, just take a step. That is my son. If you'll take a step, guess what? He'll take a step towards you. He'll move to you, and eventually, it'll be an all-out sprint. My boy! My boy! Woo! My boy's home! Anybody know today what I'm talking about? That you may have been... Uh, Maybe you strayed away, but I want you to know there is one that's calling you home today, and his name is Jesus. And if you'll take a step towards him, he'll move towards you today with arms wide open. Today could be your greatest comeback. But now, one last one. There came a day that Jesus surrendered to the will of the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting see they arrested him the people chose Barabbas the murderer and thief over Jesus and screaming out crucify him they took Jesus and began to scourge him 
play that first video, Sister Becky. It's the shortest one. Turn the audio down, please. All the way. They begin to scourge him. They whipped him with a cat of nine tails. Leather straps where bones and chips of metal had been bound. And they begin to give him beating after beating. They plucked his beard. They mocked him. They spit in his face. And they beat him to a bloody pulp. The prophet Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. If you're not saved today, if you're not in right relationship with Jesus Christ today, I want to tell you, you're not getting up and walking out on this preacher. You're walking out on Jesus. Because he laid his life down for you. Go to the next video, the four-minute one. They carried him. He forced him to carry his cross up the Via Dolorosa until he arrived at the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. And it was there that they laid him on the cross. He had been so weak that he couldn't carry it himself. So they grabbed Simon and had him help Jesus carry the cross. They strap him they take long nails and they begin to nail him through his hands and through his feet. I want you to look at it. Don't turn your head away from it because if you're away from God today, this is what you need to see because I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to be the preacher with the blood on my hands over your life if you walk away from the Lord or you don't surrender to him today. I want you to see this is what Jesus did for you. This is what Jesus did just for you. They nailed his hands. They nailed his feet. They nailed him and suspended him. Suspended him between heaven and earth on this cross. This Roman way of crucifixion. Oh, he, he submitted himself to the obedience of the death of the cross, the most cruel punishment and execution that was known to man at that time. Jesus surrendered to it and submitted himself to it and even asked, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, there had to be a sacrifice. Jesus became the Lamb of God. Today, if you're here and you're playing church games, and what I mean by that is you pop in and you pop out, you're not, you need to question whether or not you have a true relationship with Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something, friend. Jesus laid it all down for us. Why don't you lay it all down for him? just for us.
Thank you, Sister Becky. You see, hell was partying. Friday. Party going on. <laughs> Saturday rolls around. What they call Silent Saturday. Disciples are in hiding. The Jews say, we need soldiers to guard the tomb because we're afraid that his followers may steal the body. See? Jesus hadn't made any funeral arrangements, J.B., He had never made arrangements for a tomb. It was a borrowed tomb. The old song says because he only needed it for the weekend. Because come the morning of the third day, death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't stop him. And there behind a closed tomb, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, got up victorious over death and over hell and over the grave. And the angel said, He is not here. He is risen as he said the greatest comeback of all times was when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If you know him as a risen Savior, get on your feet and give him the biggest hand clap of praise that you can today for the greatest comeback. Get our singers. Stay standing with me. Now, you've never heard anybody say this, probably, but I'm going to tell you there's actually a greater comeback than that. There's a greater comeback. It hadn't, hadn't happened yet. See, Jesus walked with the disciples for 40 days after he was resurrected and he stood and all of a sudden began to levitate and received all the way up into the clouds and the angels looked at the disciples and said, why stand you here gazing? The same Jesus which is taken from you, he's going to so come in like manner. I want you to know today, whether or not you believe in the rapture of the church or not, is immaterial there's going to come a day you will believe I just pray you're ready if not you're going to be on the wrong side of it well I'll die for him if I'm left behind if you won't live for him now chances are you won't die for him then but there's coming a day brother that the apostle Paul said the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord can I tell you there's a great comeback that'll be happening before too long are you ready to go are you ready to go time is gone I just want to ask you today you know you feel hopeless somebody does there's no hope for me yes there is pastor I'm too far gone the fact you're here is proof you're not too far gone but I'm bound dying, I'm lost, I'm hopeless I'm, I'm in the storm I, 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 I'm, I'm dead see the fact that Jesus had that greatest comeback 
is the reason you can have a comeback today. This morning, before I give anybody else an opportunity to come to these altars, and I believe some are ready to come, this whole service is about this moment. Somebody's here that is a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You're away from God. Tried to do your own thing. You're as miserable as the day is long. I'm begging you to come to your senses. I'm begging you to push pride aside and be willing to step out and say, I'm coming back to the Lord. Be willing to step out and say, I'm going to get things right with the Lord. I'm through doing it my way. I want to be in right relationship with Jesus. Pastor, I've never been saved before. Today is the day of salvation. Holy Ghost. I need saints of God praying right now because there's warfare going on over some hearts. There's warfare going on over some lives. Whew. You just thought you were here today because somebody wanted you to be with them for Easter. No, you're here today because the Holy Ghost said, I want you to hear a message. Because the Holy Ghost said, I'm calling you. I'm fetching you out of where you are. You've been as Mephibosheth, lame on your feet. You've been broken and crippled in your spirit for too long. He's calling you back to the king's house. He's calling you back home. Mighty God. Mighty God, Lord, as we stand in this place, I just bind spirits of hindrance. I bind, Lord, just spirits of pride, spirits of apathy, spirits of fear. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we lose faith right now. We lose hope right now, Lord. Let it get up in this place and draw to these altars this morning, men and women that are ready to surrender unto you. Men and women that are tired of doing it their own way, Lord, that are ready to do it your way. Men and women, Lord, that are ready to come back to the foot of the cross. Come back to right relationship with you. Men and women that are tired of running from you. That are ready to come back today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's a husband and a wife that needs to come together. You know who you are. Whether one of you saved or, or both of you saved or, or neither one of you saved, whatever it may be, you know who you are. You feel the Lord dealing with you. It's time to get up and move now. It's time for your greatest comeback right now in this moment, in this hour. Move now. Move now. Don't wait on anybody else. Don't look around to see what anybody else is doing. Move now. Move now. Move now. Move now. Move now. They're coming. They're coming. There's, there's more. There's more that the Lord's dealing with today. He's calling you today. This is your hour of greatest comeback. You don't have to leave this place bound. You don't got to leave this place still running from God. I can't preach it good enough. I can't say it good enough. I, I can't. I, I want to ask you, please, hear the Holy Spirit calling you today. Surrender to Him. Hallelujah. They're coming. They're coming. Who's here today that is say, I'm through running. I'm through running. I'm through running. I'm going to make it right today. I'm surrendering today. Who's coming? Who Come on. I know there's, there's several that I say, Pastor, I'm through running. I'm through running. I've been that prodigal son. I've, I'm not going to move any further forward till somebody surrenders right now under the Holy Ghost. I know he's calling somebody who will say, I am through running. I'm coming back to Jesus today.
forces of darkness. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We bind you in the name of I've never been any more serious. I've never been any more confident about anything in my life that there are some right now that the Holy Spirit is dealing with. And listen, I know, Pastor, you normally don't push this hard. Well, all I know to tell you is that I, I, I feel an urgency of the Holy Spirit today that he's calling unto some, that this could very well be somebody's last opportunity. This could be somebody's last chance. How long? How long are you going to run? How long are you going to do your own thing? Come on, Jack. How long? He's calling you today. If you don't want to come by yourself, grab somebody's hand and say, come with me. Come on, buddy. Come with me. Come with me. I'm through running. I'm through running. I'm through running. Huh. Hallelujah. Are you going to let what others think keep you from total surrender unto God. My, my, my. Well, Pastor, I'm not ready. What's it going to take for you to be ready, friend? Is it going to take tragedy? What's it going to take? God help us that it doesn't take that. What's it going to take? Is it going to take you getting to the bottom of the barrel? You being broke? going to take you ending up in jail, going to take you strung out on drugs and at your ropes in, in a jail cell somewhere. What's it going to take for you to surrender to God? Push pride aside and say, today, I'm coming back. I'm running to Jesus. I'm running to Jesus. I'm running to the foot of the cross. To the foot of the cross. Thank you, Lord. Can we give the Lord a hand for these that are in these altars already this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise today. But there's not a one of us in here excluded from this message today. The enemy has a way of discouraging us. The enemy has a way of getting us disheartened, losing our joy, losing peace, losing strength losing victory, but today, because of his comeback, Brother Stephen, we can have our comeback. Today, because he won the victory, we can have the victory. So this morning, I want to ask for every single one of you that will to file all the way up here to the front, on both sides, all the way through here, and let's fill these altars up. Come on, move now, move now. I need you to come, and let's call out unto the Lord to be real in our hearts and in our lives. Today is a day of breakthrough. Today, the Lord's calling you today for your greatest comeback. Your greatest comeback. Come all the way up. Come all the way up. Come on, come on, come on.